Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we do ask your blessing upon this Sabbath service here today. We thank you for this day. This is the day you've made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it, knowing that through all, all of eternity, we'll be keeping your Sabbath day holy. So we bless you for it. Thank you for putting this in our minds and our conscience. We'll glorify your name. Open up our ears that we can hear your words, that these truths sink deep down in our hearts. We can bring forth fruit unto righteousness in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and get started. I got a little bit of ground to cover. It won't be as long. We're going to continue on uh, uh, talking about prayer. Now, you have to understand something, brothers and sisters. If you do not apply the principles that are being taught here, the precepts, the teachings, it's not going to work. It's just simply not going to work. You understand that, right? You know the reason why um, casting out a devil's never worked for you ten years ago? Because you didn't do it. I mean, you can't come up with a better answer than that. You just didn't do it. You may have read it, but even at that, even though you read it, it somehow, some way, it, it hit your head, but it didn't go to the heart. It hit your head, your mind, but it didn't get to the heart to where you believe. Are you following me? So we teach the things that hopefully to get past your head to enter into your heart to where you really truly believe and the manifestation and the expression of it can bring forth fruit in your life unto the Messiah, the King Jesus, the one who saved you. Amen? Amen. How can you believe God or trust God for healing? Can you imagine how in the world could you pray for someone for depression or could you pray for someone for um, witchcraft or fears if you did not know what the word says now you see the reason why people are not praying because they do not know what the word says when you learn and you know what the word says it's easy for you to make your petitions and your request known to God because you are praying with an informed mind. You hear that? I didn't say deformed. Our mind was deformed before we met Christ. And we're in the process of forming it as we grow in his grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice I use these words carefully as we grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that's mean? Do you know what that's saying, brothers and sisters? They're saying that the only way you grow in grace is through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How can you expand the regions of his grace when you just don't know? If you don't know, you can't do. If you can't do, you can't be a doer of the word. Is that making sense? So now we see the reason why there's a lot of things not being done. Because when you know the word and the word and his word is abiding in your heart, the scripture says, then you shall ask what you will. So if it's not in the heart for you to ask, then how can you ask what you will? And how can you will to do his will when there's nothing in the heart? 
for us to tap into to bring to pass. That's why we must be, we can't be contented at being ignorant believers, brothers and sisters. We must be students of the scripture. You are sons of the most high. Do you understand that? You understand that? I mean, you, you take the children. Children can only respond and react to what they have in them. So, the same it is with us adults. We can only act out faith according to what has been sown in our hearts. You can't do what you, what you never expect to be in there in the first place. Am I driving this home? So the reason why we have not done the will of the Father in certain areas is simply because we did not know his will. Now to know his will, the scripture says, them to know to do good. And to do it not, it is sin. You understand that, right? So when you have the will to know how to do and you don't do, it's sin. Let me give you an example of someone... What is someone that um, is, is in a wheelchair, a quadriplegic, something like that? Somebody's in a wheelchair or something? Okay, what is the only reason why they're in a wheelchair? I know this happened to them, that happened to them, this happened to them, and that happened to them. And what happens is because we see all the things manifested before our natural eyes that tells our mind we can't go no farther than this, we refuse to go off into the spirit realm to where God is real. And where it's eternal, and somehow, somewhere, we can't find ourselves mustering up enough faith to believe, to say the words in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. Rise and walk. I'm sorry, folks. That's the only thing that stops healing. That's the only thing that stops deliverance. But when you know the will of God. There ain't nothing that can stop you then. You know what happens whenever you pray for someone and God heals them or God delivers them and stuff? You know what it's supposed to do? It actually is supposed to, it, you, sh, you know what? God should be able to create a bunch of lions for him. You'll have a, a boldness. You understand that? Because it's not opening for questioning whether it's going to work or not. You already know it's going to work. I get, a, I get accused all the time for being bold. I say it's a pretty good accusation. I really think it's a pretty good, because, you know, to be bold in self-will and arrogance, anybody can pick up on that. But when you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, you're not trusting in you because without him, you can do nothing. And I'll say it as I have always echoed throughout the years. And for sure, nothing without him is being done. Amen. See the reason why nothing is being done? Amen. So don't fault. What, what's that? Man, I, it was a beautiful song that I played. I've been playing it over and over and over again. When you see what? When you see me smiling, please don't put me down. When you see my blessings, please don't tear me down. I said, boy, isn't that beautiful? What's already in man 
whenever you see somebody else prospering in the Lord? What's in the heart of man? Or you know what's in the heart. It comes out of your mouth. We want to, yeah, tear it down. That's the reason why we preach and we teach. We don't preach and teach on jealousy, envy, bitterness, lust, unforgiveness. We don't preach and teach on all this stuff so you can be informed about what they are. We preach and teach on it so you can be informed so they don't overcome you. And when you get the message, it's your job to tell somebody else what's really going on. Not for you to just sit up here like a recorder and then go do nothing. You know, I'm definitely opposed to that kind of nature. I believe. You remember I told you? I'm sorry, folks. I'm, I'm, why do you think I teach deliverance? So I can be the one getting wore out, casting out devils, everybody? No. Mark 16, 17 said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. See, you're believers, and so you're supposed to be casting out devils just like me, just like Jesus, just like the apostles. Don't be, the day of that one man show junk has been over for a long, long time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People have traveled distance, great miles to go see one man when all they have to do is open up their mouth. Now, you know the reason why the mouth is not open, right? Because we don't believe. Because we believe the mouth is open. You don't know if you're speaking presumption or not. Hallelujah. Am I making any sense? That's why we must be students of the scripture. You, you see, if you see me behaving one way or doing something, or if you see Sister Carol or, or some of the saints around here behaving and doing something, there's a reason why we do it. There used to be a time when we used to walk with the scripture cause in the vanity of our own minds puffed up. Used to be a time. But if you see us doing something, that's because there is a will and there's a purpose and it's been strategically and carefully sought out. We just don't walk in presumption to do something and, and expect God will to be all in it because we do it. There's a reason for it. And the reason came because we spent some time searching the will of God. That's one thing about the will of God. When you know his will, he'll keep you from all evil. He will keep you from all evil. Hallelujah. We got to believe the word more than what our head will allow us to believe. We are in the latter times where God said he's going to pour out the former rain and the latter rain. What he said in these last days that what we supposed to be doing is supposed to be greater than even the works of Christ. And they're not being done because they're not being taught. And you can't teach what you don't have. And even at that, Jesus did much teaching in his days, but you can see it always fell on the majority of deaf ears than the few that heard it. Because the few that heard it brought forth fruit unto eternal life. Are y'all hearing? Are y'all hearing? So God wants us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving ourselves. How many folks are deceived every single week? Going to hear what they call the word and it never once emboldens them or give them a desire or a passion to do the works of Christ. 
Deceiving your own selves. That's what the scripture says. See how, see how the Holy Spirit put this thing together. Huh? So we're not here to be a recorder for the time being and then erase it when we step foot outside the doors of the tabernacle. We got to hide these things in our heart. And when it's time and need for it, just like we can an encyclopedia or a dictionary, we can tap into the meaning of the source, our minds, our hearts, and speak the word of truth and believe and watch it come to pass. Because we are sons. The one thing, if you want to dispel all the lies of witchcraft and all this false doctrine of unbelief, all you got to do is no more than heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, and cast out devils. Religion can't do that. Did y'all hear what I said? I said religion has no power. Denominational doctrines have no power. The ones that have power are the ones who have the right to be called the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. And it's more than just saying Jesus. Your footprints, your actions testify of who you believe. Now, Jesus had trouble even with the apostles trying to get the meaning of his word over to them. He's trying to, if, if you spoke it, you, you believe it. Jesus was the word of God manifested, made flesh. Is that right? And one day, Jesus told the apostles, the disciples, Peter, Andrew, John, Bartholomew, he told them all. He said, we're going to get into this boat and we're going over to the other side. And they said, okay, Lord, good, good. And while he was in that boat, Jesus went to sleep. Is that right? Jesus went to sleep. Now, when I start telling accounts like this, I'm hoping that some way, somehow, you have the, the ability of spiritual recall. Hallelujah. I know what this looks mean. I know what that look means. The word of God said, we're going over to the other side. We read these stories like the little fairy tales we've been spoiled with all our lives. They really have no meaning to us at all until we really get it. That's why the word has to be preached. And the word preached must be mixed with faith. If we're sitting here to believe. You understand brothers and sisters? The word of God said. We're going over to the other side. And in the midst of the word of God saying. We are going over to the other side. The enemy showed up. In the storm. And the first thing that the enemy did. Was challenge. Those who are walk with Christ. Those who eat with him and slept with him and saw the miracle, the signs and the wonders done by him. The first thing that did, the enemy did was steal the word that they heard right out of their hearts and then allow doubt to rise up on the inside of them. And instead of believing what the word of God said, they said, Lord, we perish.
Somebody better talk to me if you understand this. Jesus got up and go, I can't believe this. Yeah, I see. He said, he didn't rebuke him like, you know what he said? He said, oh, ye of little faith. What did the word say? The word said he was going over to the other side. What's that telling you? Every time you believe God, every time God says that I'm going to do this or you're going to do that, the first thing the enemy is going to do is try to come and take that right out of your heart. Trying to put some deceit and some doubt in there and get you to speak contrary to what the word of God said. And in that you give place to the devil and the devil ends up having power because by your words you're justified and by your words you condemn and your words condemn you from having faith. And the Bible said that Jesus, he stood up and he rebuked the storm. And the storm obeyed. Now I'm not talking about no storm. I'm talking about the word of God. I don't care what came their way. They should have never, ever, one time doubted what the creator of the universe said. If he said we're going to the other side, we're going to the other side. I don't care if the ship went to the bottom of the sea. If Jesus said it, you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. And I'm preaching here this morning to tell us we're going to the other side of doubt. We're going to the other side of unbelief. Hallelujah. We're going to the side of victory. We're going to the side of believing. Hallelujah. We're going to the side of mighty signs and wonders to be done in the name of Jesus in this hour that we're living in right now. We're not going to sit up here and wait for the world to get their butt in gear. They ain't never get in gear. God to do something when his people get in gear. The moral of all this is, if God said it, don't you ever doubt it. No matter what the circumstance or the situation that arises that cause you to disbelieve what has already been spoken. The eternal word said. The eternal word said. And if the Bible, the Bible said, if a man say and he believe and shall not doubt in his heart, he should have those things which he said. He that have hears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. This is not hard to understand for those who have the Holy Spirit and the power of God. What makes you think that if you believe God for something or if you believe and you know that the Word of God said something, that you're not going to have any opposition? The opposition is there to get you to speak contrary so you can cancel out what the Word is saying. And when you speak and being pushed and enticed to let words of death come out of your mouth rather than believing no matter what the situation and circumstance is. Amen. You're not going to allow the thing that God had purpose in your heart to believe to be manifested to come to pass. See, the enemy shows up all the time. Don't he shows up all the time? See, I know what Jesus said we're going to us. I know I told you. He's even been preached to us in a fairy tale. Yes, 
I mean, for all intents and purposes, it looked like they were going down. Looked like they was going to perish. Looked like they was going to drown. The sea was going to swallow up. And here's the Messiah, the master, sleeping. He knew what he said. Boy, how so soon we forget. You figured walking with Jesus, nobody would forget nothing. Hallelujah. You figure with them disciples talking and walking with Jesus, that boy, no matter what happened, boy, that you figure that there would be no room for doubt. Yeah, you figure, all of us walking with Jesus. Hallelujah. That there will be no room for doubt. Yeah, amen. See, we do good when we shout because of somebody else's personal mishaps and stuff. But when it comes to us, boy. Well, Pastor, I, I know. That's why we preach the word of faith. So next time somebody act like they understand that story, you say, well, come over here, let me tell you about it. Hallelujah. Now, we are in the latter days, and we are in the latter times. Hallelujah. I often talk to the people of God around here and, and tell them how that every time I go out, get away from here, you understand what I mean? And I'm not saying get away from here in a derogatory or negative way. I'm saying every time I go out and get away from here, um, out there, it's no problem for, for God's miracles, signs, and power and wonders to take place. You hear testimonies about them every time I come back. Here we're analytical. We believe to a certain point. That point is what we've been able to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord say he's looking for somebody to go. Somebody says send me. I'll go. See, so that's just more. I hope that you've been able to hear this morning that it's more than when you read these scriptures than what meets the natural eye. There's a whole lot going on, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Amen. We bless the name of Jesus. We know that um, God is sovereign. Is that right? The one thing we need to put in our mind continuously is that whenever we pray, let's say we pray for someone for a healing or a deliverance. Are you following me? When we pray, don't forget that God is sovereign. The deliverance and the healing is still going to come in his time. You see, the problem today is that people don't understand the different manifestations of the spirit. And the different workings of the spirit. You see, if you pray for someone and they get healed instantaneously, that's classified as a miracle. If you pray for someone and they got healed over a period of time, that's called a healing. Amen? The key in prayer is to expect while you're believing. I, I know saints of the most high. 
Because a lot of times we pray, it ain't the fact that we really believe and we're going through the motions because it's just a thing to do. But there's an ingredient that must be mixed with prayer, and that's faith. Because faith is the energy. Faith is the vehicle. Faith is the source that makes prayer work. So the days of laying hands on folks and trying to figure out what to say. You won't know what to say if you haven't spent any time with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because this is a legal document. Somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And the words in this document is powerful. But the power can only be tapped into by those who are sons of God. Come on, we got, come on, we have, don't we have, do we not have rich folk in the world? Do, not, do they not fare sumptuously? Are they not doing well? Are they not blessed of the Lord because of their riches? Look at them, got them all. The Bible says that blessings fall on the just as well as the unjust. Rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. They don't have to give God glory for it, neither is the church giving God glory for it. Whether you have or what you don't have. But there's a spiritual law. You get out there, you work, you apply yourself, you're going to be blessed. In word and in deed. Oh, oh yeah, amen. Well, some of them got it through robbery, hoodwinking. Hey, still, blessings fall on the just. And well as unjust. Rain fall on the just as well as the unjust. And every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. See, how can we understand when we already when we hear the word, we have a preconceived ideal already formed in our head how to believe. This this is what we're telling you that must be tore down. Just like idols, they have to be torn down. And we have idols that have been built up in our mind that must be torn down. You can't take the next step in this level of faith right here if you're going to continue to hold on to dead weights. That has produced no works in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you often hear people say, not a works, lest any man should boast. I say, what's the rest of it? Uh, uh, uh. You know what they're replying, right? What they're really truly saying is, is if you're going to boast because you have works and you're really not doing it, you're actually, you're actually what you're doing is solidifying your position in God because it, it follows you because you are a believer. Not because you're boasting in yourself what you can do. Because we know better than that. Because we know what the word said. They're actually boasting in their unbelief. Of not doing any works. Y'all folks understand this. I kid you not. That's why I keep telling you. Religion is dead. It always has been. Always will be. I'm trying to talk to us. 
to be able to get this word into our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit so we can believe this thing to where when there's the opposition of doubt, when there's the temptation of doubt to rise in your heart, the word of God will rise above what the enemy is putting inside of you. The word of God will well up like a storm and like a whirlwind it'll come out of your mouth. You don't have no time for doubt though when you believe God though. You don't even entertain it. Look at us. When we pray for someone, man, it, 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 come on. If we, someone, somebody, people come here all the time. And when we pray for someone, all right, what you need prayer? What you need deliverance from? Okay, good, all right, hallelujah. Let's get at it. And there's no doubt in that. None whatsoever. There's no apprehensiveness in that at all. None whatsoever at all. None whatsoever. If we somehow stumble up, man, I can't remember what that was. Sister so-and-so, what does that mean? Brother so-and-so, what, what was this? Ah, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's why I did. All right, good. Help us one to another in the fear of love. Good. Now let's get after this devil in the name of Jesus. There's no room for doubt because we're walking in it. This is the way. It's time to walk fully, 100% of the time, in it. Hallelujah. Amen. The key is to keep on expecting. Just like the enemy tried to entice the disciples out of their faith in God. When he said, let's go to the other side. You can believe that as soon as the word of God says and you believe it, the enemy is going to come to try to take that word which was sown in your heart right out of it. Hallelujah. 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 That's why I told you when Jesus was here, the disciples had no need of nothing because the provider was here. Walking in the flesh. You need your taxes paid? Go get a fish. Huh? We ain't got no wine? Bring me the water. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the king. We ain't got no bread. Bring me the loaves. We ain't got no fit, but glory, that's 5,000. I don't care if it's 20,000. Bring them here. Amen. <laughs> Do y'all realize how stupid faith looks to the cardinal and natural mind? That's the reason why we got to get about our father business even more so. That's why we got to get moving, saints. And get rid of all this dead weight we're holding in our behinds. See, the behinds really connect to the heart. You get hit on your behind, it goes to the heart of the matter. Yeah, it does too. Yes, it's, yes sir, yes ma'am. Some of us, we do need a Holy Ghost whooping on. Amen. We need to get about our father's bed. Is that right? Hallelujah. John 21, 25. We've got diseases today. And we got things that are happening today that the scriptures don't even write of. It's not even written in the scripture. Do y'all follow me? There are things that are happening today that didn't happen then. In that particular time. And this is a scripture verse that you really need to put in your heart. 
You need to know this. Because we always get critics. Where does it tell you to say that in the Bible? Y'all don't know that voice by now? And there are also many other things which Jesus did. The which, if they should be written, every one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. So that's a bunch of things that Jesus did. It's not even written in this book. Hallelujah. And we got new diseases and new sicknesses that are up on this earth that wasn't then. The scripture tells us that's going to happen. Hallelujah. So how do they know Jesus didn't say that? See, all that is is just another voice of opposition to keep you from doing what God planted you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. What, what happens is some of us need to get out the field and get out self by the, re, the riverside. Because you ain't got no water tapping into your root. You're going to dry up. Just like the weed of the field. And that's what happened to a lot of people's faith today. It's dried up and gone off into obscure darkness. You've seen people, we see it more so anytime. Do you understand that we're in the time of the great falling away? Sister Carol says to me, my wife, Sister Carol says to me the other day, she said, she said, I, I tell you, hon, I just don't get excited about all these religious folk coming around. Amen. You know, because we've seen an influx of religious people around here within the last couple of years. Religious people. Yeah. Know how to say the right words, get your flesh stirred up and everything going, and it makes you think that, that uh, they're your friends. Oh, Hallelujah. Then we start holding ourselves in admiration. Then we start um, having respect to persons. Hallelujah. Because they spend a little time with you and your heart get deceived. Hallelujah. They put on their clothes and their garments and they broaden their phylacteries and they, they say all the wonderful things, the smooth things, and they smile the right way, look the right way, say the most beautiful things, and, and you say, praise the Lord. And we get along with them more than we do than the people who are sitting to our left and right. That's because we have not discerned the Lord's body. See, it's those, Jesus said, and he had an acid test. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. That's conditions. Y'all understand that? You know, I, as I get older, and I am getting older, as I get older, you know, and, and the more I draw closer, to my home. Hallelujah. The more the things of this world mean less. These temporal things seem so important when your mind is there. But when your mind is on the kingdom, the things of God is important. The eternal everlasting is important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to the king. Amen. In prayer, you need to stop bringing God the problem. He already knows the problem. We're going to prove by the scripture. I don't have his written down, so I'm going to have the spirit of recall. 
Hallelujah. Matthew 6, verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. So he already knows what we have need of, right? I keep telling you, don't pray the problem, pray the solution. He already knows the problem. Hallelujah. And we're going to, at the end of this message right here, we're going to show you the reason why we need to pray the solution and not the problem. What makes us think we're informing God of anything anyway? The audacity. Huh? Come on. Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So we're going to talk a little bit of time here and spend a little bit of time on the reason why our prayers are hindered. You see, if you've been praying and you believe in God for a certain thing and it still hasn't come to pass after a period of time, you need to check your heart. See, because we can dress nice, look kind, smile beautifully and do all that and fool everybody. We can get called on to, to, to lead the prayer service. We can get called on to testimony. We can lead songs, sing songs, play the instruments, and do all the things. And have an appearance that we're walking close to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if your prayers ain't getting answered, there's something wrong. There's something wrong in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Iniquity comes from the Hebrew word Number in the Strong's 205, trouble. Wickedness. Sorrow. Remember I talked about a sorrowful heart like that? That's one thing when you're increasing in wisdom. See, the implication is if a man increases in wisdom, he increases in more sorrow. You know the reason why? I'll tell you the reason why. See, when you get wisdom and you get understanding, then you understand the thing that you didn't understand and the thing that used to comfort you, you find out there's so much sorrow in it. Because it didn't present itself as so good after you got the wisdom of it. And once you learn God's eyes, see the way he see. And learn God's heart, you find out, Lord, have mercy. It makes your heart heavy. It makes your heart heavy. So you get more wisdom in God, you increase in more sorrow. Hallelujah. Then we experience the sorrow of getting corrected and rebuked. Makes no difference. See, what we need to do is don't pay so much attention to the sorrow that causes you trouble in the heart because you've been rebuked or been corrected. We've often responded the wrong way. Isn't that right? You need to be sorrowful to a godly sort. You need to be sorrowful that that sorrow would take you to repentance and not be repented of again. You need to be sorrowful that their sorrowful will lead you in the path of righteousness. Not to justify your wickedness and to keep on talking back and answering again. Clamming up because you resist the correction. You resist the instruction. Is it right? Yes or no? Well, they don't know me. That's the reason why they're rebuking you. 
Paul said, I'm glad that I made you sorrowful. I'm not rejoicing that you're sorrowful, but I'm glad I made you sorrowful. And that sorrowful caused you to sorrow after a godly sorrow. It bought for some fruit. Made me happy. Now you have to be overcome by justifying your wickedness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing way sorrow will do that? Anyway, sorrow will do that. Huh? Uh-oh. You ever done that? What I'm doing is pulling the cover off iniquity and exposing you what it is. You rebuke a wise man, he'll be wise still. Huh? What about if you rebuke a fool? If you rebuke a wise man and he will yet increase in learning and will be wiser still, what happens if you rebuke a fool? A fool. If you rebuke a fool, he's going to stay a fool. <laughs> now, you see the reason why when we offer good sound correction and instruction when need be, no matter how great or minute it is, there's something in our wicked hearts that's just love resisting that, isn't it? Isn't it? As if you are the epitome of all wisdom. Everything you ever got, you've been taught. Everything you physically received has been given. You entered into this world with nothing, but you better go out with Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we getting this? Yes, David said, if I regard iniquity, if I hold it, if I keep it, iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Iniquity also means trouble from wickedness. And you cannot have wickedness in your heart and expect God to hear you. Hallelujah. 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 The definition almost so means idolatry. If I regard idolatry in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. Y'all hear that? You know how I often talk about how people make an idol of their opinions? You know how I talk about people really put a lot of stock in their opinions. They believe that their opinions and their feelings is more just than God's word is. If you don't believe me, watch and see what people perform. Just watch and see what people do. Forget about what they say. Watch what they do. When you make an out of your opinion, your opinion in your heart supersedes the eternal word of God. Now, the Bible teaches in 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So, so you don't have to go out and, and practice the arts of witchcraft to be a witch. All you have to do is walk in a rebellious spirit, a contentious nature. And stubbornness, and stubbornness, and stubbornness is as iniquity, is as what? And David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. See, we want our prayers to be answered. And we want God to hear us when we make our petitions known. But we got to search out the heart of them. That's why I say you ought to prepare your heart. Yes, 
before you even open up your mouth and talk to your father which is in heaven. Know the condition that you're in and know the condition you need to get to. Hallelujah. Learn how to discern the Lord's body. Hallelujah. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. So we talk about folks who got statues in their homes, figurines, statues of angels and Jesus and every, all over the place. And here we are walking around with an engraving image. Hallelujah. In our hearts. And we're bowing down and serving and worshiping it. We're doing what it says. Because we're stubborn. A stubborn and iniquitous spirit always rejects the word of God. The scripture goes on to say, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he have also rejected thee from being king. Now the question of the hour is, are you stubborn? And don't go grocery shopping on me either by trying to pick out the best items. But put that searchlight on, like David said, search me, O God. Hallelujah. Now, stubbornness shows up in many ways. Not doing the known will of God is stubbornness. Standing your ground without moving. Becoming inactive and passive is stubbornness. Insolent in your ways is stubbornness. A displaying of a pushy disposition and an arrogant attitude is stubbornness. Amen. You can tell if a person is stubborn if they're very pushy. With their words. They let you know what's in the heart. My favorite saying is, leave them alone. How many, how many times say that, brothers? How many times say that, brothers? I remember when I was a young believer, full of fire and zeal, not according to knowledge, but I was full of fire and zeal, though, but not according to knowledge. And as I increased in wisdom, I increased in more learning. Is that what the Bible says? That's implying all of us, brothers and sisters. When I was a child, I spake as a child. Walked as a child. Looked like a child. Talked like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish and foolish things. And that needs to start right here. In this heart. Right here. In this heart, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Right here. Right here. The very nature of iniquity. Let you see it. If you got the eyes to see. When it's masked. So many ways. See it's the spirit that people operate in that we need to read. 
It's the spirit we operate in. Amen. We need to read. You know, you are a blessed man or woman. You are a blessed man or woman. See, a lot of times when you don't even know that you've done something wrong or you said something wrong. But then when you've done or you said, and then afterwards you get that, ah, oh, God, 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 mercy me. That's good. That's good. That's good That because that means you have not went off into perdition. That means you still have the ability to discern good and evil. Sometimes ways slip out like that so they can manifest themselves. Yeah, they do. Because if they didn't manifest themselves, we wouldn't know. We would have went on deceiving ourselves. But thank God for the spirit of truth. That said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You don't have to hear no words or never heard no voice. It was just truth. Afterwards, like, oh, God, God, God. Ooh, thank you. Lying devil, you. Thank you, God. Then you can do something about that condition. You don't walk in secret ways anymore. You can reprove your own selves. And you can know your own selves that the Lord is in you lest you be reprobate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so Mark eleven twenty three. We're going to go there. But if you don't know the word, how can you understand the ways of a man's going? The scripture teaches that when there was no king, that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Isn't that what a church is today? Every man a king of his own palace. Huh? And then they let Jesus in when it's convenient for them. Yeah, we do got a king today. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And of his kingdom and governance shall be, there will be no end. Because this kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. From everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. And the kingdom of God, right here. The kingdom of heaven is what you manifest in your works. That's how people know that the kingdom of heaven has come nigh them. When they can see what operates up there, manifested through you down here. We're starting some pilgrims. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Had somebody on the internet the other day ask me, what's your citizenship? I said, it definitely ain't here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And my home ain't here either. One day, either I'm going home or home is going to come to me. Hallelujah. And that name of that home is called the new Jerusalem. 
It ain't that old worn, torn, battle-ridden, battle-scarred, fornicating, lad, idolatry, Zionist of a state called natural Israel. Amen. What did Jesus tell us? He said, days going to come with neither in this mountain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. You're going to say, let's go pray. That ain't it. Because the true worshipers are going to worship me in spirit and in truth. Pastor, don't you want to make a pilgrim to Jerusalem? Nope. Have no desire. Why in the world would somebody want to, that with an intelligent mind, want to go over there on a wall where people spit on it 24 hours a day? They're going to make you feel, ooh. You want some, ooh, get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Because he said, wherever I am, there you may be also. If they tell you over there, don't go. He tell you over there, don't go. I tell you where yet the word is not thee, even in thy mouth, the word of faith which we preach, which we speak. I don't know geographical location. Where the Lord at? Wherever I put my feet. Wherever you put your feet. That's where the Lord is. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If folks better start reading his book. Start reading his book. You can find all that in John 4. Start reading his book. Hallelujah. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt. Where is his doubt at brothers and sisters? Where is it at? In the what? And we know that the heart is deceitful above all things. And it is desperately wicked. Is that right? See you've got to come to the conclusion that that is your heart. It is deceitful brothers and sisters. It is desperate to do wicked. It will deceive you. It will hoodwink you. It will connive you into being wicked and doing wicked. It will justify you in wickedness. Yes, it will too. It will approve you in wickedness. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who, me? Yes, you. Why? Because that's the testimony of the word of the heart. I like the new heart that already have the commandments written on it. Don't have no time to argue with God's commandments with a new heart because it's already engraving on our heart. Hallelujah. Glory be to the king. But shall not doubt in his heart. So you see, the heart must be worked on. Doubts arise in the heart. What makes you and keep you from doing the will of the Lord? The heart. That's why you got to search that thing out like you would cancer. Yeah, you do. Just like you would when you're fighting in spiritual warfare against demonics, host of hell, and spirits. 
You got to search them things out, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Because there are things that is in his heart that ought not to be there. Isn't that right? Because we know in our heart, the only way you can see the heart is by what you hear come out of the mouth. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. So doubt is in the heart, so therefore it has to be dealt with in the heart. But shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. Where you believe at? In the heart. See, so one thing or other got to go. Something has got to go. Hallelujah. We walk by faith and not by sight. Is that right? But shall, not, but shall believe those things which shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Now, we like stopping right there, but we got to, we're, we're here for this next purpose. We got to go on. Therefore, I say unto you, you hear this. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. See, that's the one thing that will make sure that our prayers don't go nowhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgive. You know, just this past week, the Lord has been bringing up things um, in my mind, in my heart, that I didn't even realize um, there was an issue. Thank God for the Holy Ghost because I did ask for a searching. Hallelujah. When you see me smiling, please don't tear me down. Hallelujah. We have some spiritual surgery need to be going on. Brothers and sisters, is that right? If you have ought against any. Y'all remember when Jesus gave, he said, you know what? If you have an ought against your brother before you even come before to your father, which is in heaven, leave your gift at the altar. Your gift is a sacrifice. Leave that at the altar. Go reconcile quickly with your brother. Get it right. Then come and present yourself. Isn't that right? You have all against any that your father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespass. See, so the real reason in all of it is you want to have in your heart to really truly forgive. But you also want to be forgiven because you, when you come before God, you want to make sure that he has the same measure of forgiveness. Because what measure you meet is going to be measured back to you again. Don't you fall for all these damn Baptists out here with their crazy doctrines. Grace plus nothing. That ain't what the Bible teaches me. Not by a long shot. I wonder what, what book is that anyway? Where is it at? Y'all going to come to grips that 99.9% of the people you talk to, and that's not leaving room for too many more, have no unearthly idea what this book says. That's why you must be a, Jesus said, learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn of it. Spend time in study. So you know what you're talking about when you open up your mouth. So you won't be a fool and be hasty to other a bunch of mess and nonsense and junk. Hallelujah. 
so that your words can be sound, salt, seasoned with grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. That is the law. Do you understand that? So he, he basically letting us know that, come on, you can have what you ask. I mean, you can, brothers and sisters. But you can't have no unforgiveness in your heart either. You got to be standing ready to forgive. Hallelujah. Luke eleven four, And forgive us of our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Y'all hear that? We should actually be praying that God lead us not into temptation. He's not the one going to lead us into it anyway. But deliver us from evil. Did y'all hear that? Deliver us from evil. And y'all got to watch this, this, this English way they talk. Because I'm telling you, boy, it's far from what I, what I read when I start going back and seeing the meaning of words. English is so Babylonian, brother. So the question is, have you really truly forgiven everyone? Huh? Have you really truly forgiven everyone? Yes or no? Have you? You forgiven everyone that's really hurt you? You forgiven everyone that disappointed you? Have you forgiven everyone that's injured your feelings? Your hurts? Well, have you? Hmm. Matthew 18, 32, we're familiar with this. Then the Lord, after they had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all thy debt. Because thou desirest. I mean, that's another desire. Don't we desire for God to forgive us of everything? When we come to him? So does not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Do you understand that whenever you come before God, God has nothing but pity for you? Come on, he knows our makeup. He knows our frame that we're but dust. We need to start learning that about everybody else, too. Come on, there ain't no temptation except that which is common to man. Well, come on, you understand what people are going through. You go the same things. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to, his, to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due him. And you know, people hate it when we tell them that these tormentors are fibromyalgia, cancer, arthritis, hallelujah, all these diseases and sicknesses that's coming upon your unrepented heart. 